Hello, and welcome to the Swift Talk. I'm Kate. I'm not. But I'm also not so swift. <laughs> You're not Kate, but not so swift. Yes. Oh, I'm swift. I know you are. Ish. But what am I? <laughs> Existential crisis to start the podcast. Every week, there's one thing consistent. We will go off topic and Sam doesn't know who he is. All right. We will go off topic. I don't know who I am. We discuss Taylor Swift to some extent. And then I, uh, uh, not pigeonhole, what's the, like, I, I push in, I shoe. Shoehorn? I shoehorn in. Uh, topics and people that have nothing to do with what we're talking about. True. Hey, you guys reached a milestone. Uh, this podcast is number 30. We know we're so excited. This is episode 30. I know. Can you believe podcast. it? No, when you sat down with us that fateful July morning and we stared at you like two deers in headlights. So teach us your ways. I, I don't know what ways they, those would be, but uh, we've gotten this far. 30 episodes. Yeah, we have. And it's it, been it's been a ride. It's funny. We were like, do you think Jason will keep producing for us after our contract ends? <laughs> 10 episodes in. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Triple it. Oh, boy. You guys, we're doing it. We're here. We're here. We're making things happen. We're discussing the, the, the pressing topics of the day. Let's talk Taylor. I mean, always. I'm always down to talk Taylor. Swift topics. Swift talk. Let's swiftly talk about Taylor. Yes. Jason brought up that she's on, what is it, Spotify Global with eight, eight albums. Eight albums, it's, number it's one. Yeah. Or eight well, considering she's got nine albums. I'm not, I'm not sure it's number one, but she has eight albums on their global charts, which mm-hmm. is a big global thing. Charts. That's what it is. That's the word I was missing. Charts. Charts. Global charts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people are now following in her footsteps by leaving their record companies. Well, I feel like people leave record companies. They think you hit a limit. Uh, Somebody makes you a better offer. Yeah. Are we speaking of Mr. John Mayer? Not in, well, he is leaving Columbia. But he, yeah, he left Columbia. Ollie Murs is saying that he the reason he's leaving his record company is like, I'm taking a page out of Taylor Swift's notebook. Uh, this was not the best thing for me. I should just be doing something, either creating something on my own or finding a better work relationship. But. He's like, it's strongly due to Taylor. I've seen someone do this and succeed, so I'm going to do it as well. You have to understand that um, I'm going to just jump in real quick here. Oh, yeah. As myself, an independent artist, John Mayer has already built his platform. He literally could put out his music like I do on an independent label platform and just take 100% of the royalties and not have to pay a dime to anybody why wouldn't he? It was an interesting announcement. He said he was leaving Columbia, but wasn't didn't say, but I'm going to... Yeah, that's the thing. Wherever. Nowadays, like, you don't really need... And he really was a pioneer in just dropping a single and letting it fly. And then a couple of years, a month, six months, a year later, here's another one. And then when he felt like it, we got an album. And then he toured, and now he's like... I'm good. Yeah. I think he was testing the waters at that time to figure out, is this going to work if I just put out a single whenever I feel like it instead of like building up this whole album and have to wait a year or two before I release it? I thought it was very smart. A brilliant business move. Yeah. It's the same same business move as, hey, let's join Dead End Company and get a whole different group of followers well, following me. I think that was brilliant. For Dead and Company as well, though, because it really opened up a lot of people 
to the fact that one, a lot of the dead are still touring together. And two, like their music is something that isn't just for like old man stoners. Like it's a, it's an experience and a dead and company show is definitely a great experience. It is. And so like, it's fun to see the genres cross and the collaborations and the different people come in and out of music that I don't think they would go into. Like, I don't think dead fans necessarily would have listened to John Mayer sob rock if he hadn't already shown what an incredible artist he was with dead and company. I, I agree with that. You agree with that? Not yeah. so swift, Sam. Definitely. It's like Neil Young and Rick James. Yeah. Uh, Rick James's mom was trying to keep him out of the Vietnam war. He was living in Buffalo, New York. She got him up to Canada and just north of, of there, they brought him to Vancouver. And he was staying there as a young kid, met Neil Young, started playing bass in one of Neil Young and uh, like the early bands that he was in, pre-Crosby, Stills, and Nash, pre-Buffalo Spring, uh, Springsteen, Buffalo Springfield, Buffalo Springsteen is somebody else. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, when Rick James blew up, he was in la or something it was in beverly hills at a restaurant and like he was auditioning a new guitarist and all of a sudden neil young comes up and he's like dude i'm so happy for you look at where you are now you're doing exactly what you wanted to do and the band that he started in was nothing like what rick james became it was very much that protest music and then here's rick james the punk funk rock star and like everything changes and evolves, but it's not always just what you started off as, or mm-hmm. it can't just be, this is what I'm doing. This is the lane. You have to pivot out of the lane. You have to shift out of it. Well, and Taylor did it. She went from deep country to pop to folk. Maybe we'll get rock. Maybe. And what are we getting today? We're in the reputation era, which you guys seem to like. Should we address that we like this era? Oh, we're punny today, huh? Mm. Yes. Boy. It's a Monday. It's a Monday, but winter's ending and spring dresses are soon to be (laughs) seen. I think this is fake spring round two. Oh, yeah. We're not even in mud season yet. No. It's March. Early March. Anyway, so this week we are doing Dress, the 12th track off Reputation. Remind me, is it the 12th track or there's a certain track that's supposed to- Five. Track five is a mythical track. Okay. But wh- this which is, is the one that's the peak? Like the, oh, this might be the next album. Or the, this the last might- one. Okay. And this is not the last one. Um, New Year's Day is the last one. Okay. But, and we've done that, mm-hmm. which makes reviews from you too. But we also did. You two responded to us? Do you see the disappointment in her voice when she speaks about that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But you liked So It Goes. Jason called it a bop. It's true. I don't recall anything. Uh, well, it, it is on the record. Did I drink coffee that morning? I mean, I don't remember. Thankfully, we've got it out. You didn't edit it out, so we're all good. Damn. <laughs> so this is just a little bit of background before we go into it. Reputation's really two sides of an album. You have her kind of, I don't give a damn about my reputation, first half, look what you made me do, Kanye sucks. And then you pivot into a more grown-up, interesting, falling in love Taylor. And that's where we are right now. Okay. All right. We're so a- we're going to hit pause. They're going to listen to dress. You should as well. And we'll be back. Well, guys, what do we think? Well, well, well. That's not bubblegum pop anymore. Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> no. The almost spit take Jason had <laughs> when the lyric came up, uh, only bought this dress so I could take it off. 
Just like the wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This ain't Nickelodeon no more. No. This is Nickelodeon Nights. No, that's Nick at Night, and that's <laughs> black and white and at, uh, Brady no. Bunch all over. Yeah, we're gonna just. Yeah. This is not the Brady Bunch. This is like the Partridge Family right now. <sighs> let's talk, Taylor. Yeah, let's let's do that. <laughs> What'd you think? Uh, scandalized. Jason was scandalized. What else did we think? I was interested in this song because hearing her. Uh, the cadence and syncopation when she does these type of songs are mm-hmm. like almost going into rap, which I have listened to Taylor rap before <laughs> because yep. of you. Um, T-Swizzle. I was, I was getting to the cadence. There's a couple bars in this that remind me very much of R. Kelly in the syncopation of it. Oh, God. Okay. But it was also like listening to the beat. I was like, oh, Taylor's coming in on the fours. This is interesting. She's coming yeah. in the back end and then finishing on the four. Da, 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 da. Ba, ba, ba. Like I was I was getting into uh hearing this for the first time of like a new style of Taylor. Yeah, this is a very reputation ta- I love reputation album. It is I think a very departure album, as we have been talking at the beginning for Taylor. She's an adult in this album. She's not pretending to be like, oh, I don't drink. Yeah. She's spilling wine in the bathtub. I and know. he kisses her and they're both drunk. Uh-huh. It's in the song. I know. Crazy. But yeah, I mean, she, right, the song is kind of, I think fits nicely into illicit affairs. Go on. Because it's a little bit more of a risque song from Taylor, but it's also hypothetically, theoretically, I was doing a little research and also listening to last week's episode. And it occurred to me that when she met Joe Alwyn, she was dating Calvin Harris. And then she broke up with Calvin Harris, rebounded with Tom Hiddleston, Loki, and then ended up with Joe. And so I was like, oh, wait a minute. She's going out with somebody. She meets a man. At the Met Gala. And I was like, I can't be in this relationship anymore, but I can't jump into the person who made me want to break up with this guy. Uh-huh. So I'm going to low-key hit up Loki. <laughs> and then once that <laughs> once that marvel has burnt up, oh, God. she crosses the pond, as they say. You put so many puns into one sentence. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm Pinteresting. So yeah, it's it's interesting, and that's how it fits into illicit affairs because this may have just pulled back the curtain a little bit for you and your knowledge and wisdom of being like, oh, now I am really understanding this relationship now. Was this an illicit affair? Is there even such a thing? Oh, no. Hashtag no. write-ins from Wallawise. <laughs> Do they have any questions this week? Speaking of, not pertaining to Taylor. No, okay, so well, many other questions. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, everyone does. Everyone does. Yeah. Okay. So this is, let's get into this. This is not your grandma's Taylor right now. She is very much showing that she is an adult, an adult. She's doing adult things. And I mean, now that we're on episode 30 and our podcast is an adult, we can talk about that. Yeah. yeah. There's a difference between Taylor, Taylor at night and Taylor in the morning. (laughs) Um, yeah, this was, uh, there's a lot to unpack here, huh? Mm hmm. Sounded like a Lord song. Well, it's a Jack Antonoff. And he produced both of uh-huh. them. And producers definitely leave their touch on certain songs. Yeah. 
Like you can tell when a song was produced by Rick James, for example, or Prince, for example, or try, I'm, I'm it's escaping me right now, but uh, the longtime producer of Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters, uh, his uh, all producers have a signature on each. Thing. Well, of course, I mean Jason. Yeah, our podcasts very, really sound like Jason. <laughs> if you'd like them to sound like somebody else, you just let me know. Uh, Kate's told me I'm not allowed to do voices anymore on the podcast, <laughs> so I will try. I didn't say not allowed. I just said it was encouraged. Carve my name in your bedpost. Yeah, I don't want you like a best friend. Mm -hmm. I only bought this dress so you could take it off. Take it off. Ha, 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 ha. So evolution is not unheard of when it comes to a young artist transitioning into an adult artist yeah they're making things that are more risque they're making things that are definitely more adult and it's not just the dress isn't the metaphor yeah it's a dress yeah yeah this is a sledgehammer of a song well in a lot of ways because it's breaking the past image and i'm guessing that is this the same album that has um Look what you made me do. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this is what makes sense in my brain now. She's shattering every image of what she was in all of her previous eras, and she's going into something that's may not be for everybody. This is her, not only as more set jagged little pill, but this is her jagged little pill of a moment of being like, "This is who I am yeah. now. This is what I want to talk about. These are the things that I do." What's interesting to me is how usually you see an artist who starts off as a child really within like two or three albums evolve into an adult if they ever really start off that innocent. And with Taylor, it took us to album seven really to get this. And it was after the Kanye Kim Taylor's canceled party. It's after like a very high profile relationship ended a fling that was very high profile ended. like a lot of Taylor fatigue was happening. Her, you know, she said, there's a line that said, um, my rebounds and my earthquakes. And she, you still saw the best in me. You still like mm -hmm. were there for that. And she had rebounded with Loki, Tom mm -hmm. Hiddleston. And that was a disaster. And her world kind of got quaked through the Kim Kanye thing where Taylor is canceled. She's so annoying. It's really interesting to see her be like, you know what? I have been canceled. I have been this whole like, I'm over. Nobody wants to hear from me anymore. So why do I have to do things that please other people? Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine how freeing that must have been, how terrible it must have been to get to that place, but how freeing it was to move from that place. Yeah, she's her her altars become Dionysus and herself. She wants yeah. to indulge, and she's going to indulge on herself. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's just such a like we all knew about the Met Gala. Well, yeah. in the Taylor verse, the Met Gala, she was a cover star of Vogue. She'd gone to the Met Gala. She'd been dressed by the Vogue team. She was in this, it was a futuristic theme of the year. She had Taylor this, in space. Kind of, yeah. She had this like metallic-y dress that we've never seen Taylor in before. Bleach blonde hair. Like it just didn't feel or look like Taylor. And it's who we kind of call Rock Cella. And we assumed that that was going to be like this big Taylor as a rocker move into album seven from 1989. And instead we got reputation and we're all like, well, okay. 
what where did this Taylor go like what is there an album we don't know about that's been shelved are we ever going to see that is she going to add that in when she is allowed to do the ta- the reputation re-record will she make this like a b-side of it what's happening in ta- like what do we not know yeah the Met Gala was the twist and the reputation was the prestige now you see me, now you don't. You thought well, you were going one way and all of a sudden you get this. I think she creatively was in the pocket and she had been like, and she's always kind of dabbled a little bit in rock. Like we saw that, we see that with Speak Now a lot. But to see her not really know what was happening, if she even had a career. So she really wanted to pour that into reputation and reputation was about like, this, I'm not this person, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm done. I'm done trying to please everyone. I'm done trying to be this image who you think I should be. A lot of it, as you go back, I think you see some of the things with her record label coming up and you start to see the beginnings of that fight. And we're all like, okay, what's going on here? For me, I was definitely, she was not in my uh, in my view when this was going on. Right. She was not really my in my wheelhouse of this. But... During the same time, a similar artist who was on a similar trajectory, Justin Bieber, every now and then I would be seeing things about him. And what's interesting to me is I'm learning a lot more about Taylor uh, redefining herself or showing herself through her music as I'm listening to it. Mm -hmm. But with Bieber, who blew up from YouTube sensation to rapping with Snoop Dogg to having all these songs, Usher and everybody doing all these tours. Around this time, he starts showing up with a new haircut and a bunch of new tattoos and a different image. Like, he starts going on that course. Like, everyone had just got very tired of Justin Bieber. They're murdering him in all the movies. They're making fun of him all the TV shows. He gets shot on NCIS. Like, there's a bunch of different stuff. There's, like, everyone's like, ugh, Bieber. Bieber was the nickelback of people at that time. (laughs) And yeah, at the same time, everyone's having, like... um, you know, as you said, like they're having um, not Swift on Wii, but they're Swift fatigue. They're having Taylor fatigue. Everyone with Justin Bieber's like, God, just get out of here. And you start seeing him like he's starting to get in a little bit more trouble. He's starting to be painted in a different light. And then he's just he's putting the changes on. I'm an adult outwardly. He's putting it on his body and how he dresses and his haircut and everything else with Taylor. I'm sure there's a similar thing happening, but I'm really finding it more in the music of, mm-hmm. yeah, not that's not me anymore. That's not my name. My mama don't like you, and mm. she likes everyone. Well, there's actually like a Taylor-Justin. Justin's part of the Taylor story, too. Word. I'm sorry? Word. In what way? <laughs> so Justin actually dated Taylor's best friend, Selena Gomez, for years, and it was a mess. And obviously Justin was a mess. Taylor had no patience for it. They hated each other. Justin was managed by Scooter Braun, who bought all of Taylor's masters, Mm -hmm. who was also Kanye's manager. Justin took Kanye's side in all of this. So there's a lot of like... Seven degrees of Taylor. Mm. (laughs) But what's interesting to me is you watch the Justin Bieber fatigue and the Taylor fatigue, and you can very easily see which one had a support system and a team made to help navigate rough waters and which one did not. And, you know, Taylor took a step back, retreated, took a minute, really like thought through, channeled it into her art, didn't, 
act out. Like you didn't see any of the angst mm-hmm. publicly. Justin Bieber, however, <laughs> was in the news every other day about some antic. And it wasn't until he settled down, he met his now wife. He seems to have a support system. He seems to be in a better mental place. He seems to be supported. And so I think it's just, it goes back to show how we have these artists who become so famous so quickly and they don't have a team around them that is invested in their personal well-being as a human, not as a moneymaker. As you started to make this point, sometimes my brain works in mysterious ways. <laughs> I know. And there was a, a pause there for reasons, my brain. You're starting to make this point about Justin dating Selena, and all of a sudden, all I hear in my head is, I've got my mindset on you, and I'm ready. I'm hearing Miley Cyrus in my head. Yeah. And here's the third person we get to see, Miley Cyrus, who's going through changes at the same time. <laughs> Miley, whose father, Bill, Billy Ray, uh, Billy, Billy Ray, Ray, yeah, yeah. Icky Ricky Heart. She's raised in a, a like a, she's raised in a musician's home. She's raised in a. Her godmother's Dolly Parton. Yeah. Yeah. She goes on uh, Disney. Mm-hmm. Disney. She, she starts creating her persona, but around the same time, she's like, I'm not Hannah Montana anymore. And I'm not the Miley Cyrus. I'm not Smiley anymore. Yeah. She comes in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> I was there's, waiting for that. Ex- I mean, there's Taylor being like behind the scenes, shifting things up. Trying to do things her way. There's Justin, who's again, we're saying like maybe didn't have the best support system, and is is he's trying to get, he's trying to find himself. But that when you're struggling, you're throwing everything at the wall, and you're just you're doing you're gonna be an agent of chaos. And then there's Miley Cyrus, who's like, oh my god, did you see what she did at the MTV movie? Oh my god, on SNL. Oh my god. And because she's just being like, yeah, I'm just gonna embrace this weirdness. This is how I'm gonna feel. Awesome. Mm, you think you're boiling down that a little bit. Probably. Yeah. I mean, Miley definitely went out all guns blazing. And I think, again, is another example of not having a team around her that was invested in her mental health. Mm-hmm. They were more invested in, in her. As, yeah. yeah. And so I think the Miley we saw was acting out. I also think there's probably a lot to be said about Disney kids mm-hmm. that we can, Nickelodeon kids and these mm-hmm. child stars and not having safeguards and people who are really there for them. Yeah. And I think Miley was a Disney kid. You know, Brittany was a Disney kid. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lynn Spears. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, Christina Aguilera, all of these ones who really felt they needed to bust out of that. What is happening at Disney that's making these kids? And like, I, yeah. it's child stars across the board. It's not, I don't want to just say this it, is it's, a Disney it's, thing. It's, it's child stars with bad parenting. When the parent becomes the manager, a well, line's been- Yeah, I mean, when your child becomes your source of income, that that shift in power, you know. And we've talked about Taylor's mother before. Andrea. Andrea. Dr- and- the, the only guest that I would really, like, move heaven and earth to have. Right. Sorry, Walla Why. I told you last night that Kate would re- gladly replace me with the two of you, but no, we know who the- <laughs> Andrea. Andrea is- her rock she's yeah. going to stand behind her and it's not just i'm going to make the best business decisions before you it's no my mother first and we talked about how in relation kanye losing his mom he went off the deep end because mm-hmm. she was a support system but he needed that support more than like well in losing chris jenner we're watching it play out now where he's lost chris jenner yeah and seeing him break again 
with Taylor, we get to see someone in her corner who's also putting their own, you know, I, I got health fights I got to work on, but putting that aside as a, the diligence of being a parent and trying to take care of your child, even as an adult, mm -hmm. it's like, you're still my child. You are an adult, but you're still my child. I'm going to be there for you. Let me help you out. Well, even your father, like, again, when you two watch the documentary on Netflix, Miss Americana, you should see the look on both of their faces. And I just got neither are excited. But you see her father as a businessman be like, Taylor, these are the repercussions from a business side. Like, we just got out of you being canceled. We just got out of this horrible phase for you. We just kind of got back into, you know, you not getting mean tweeted at all the time. Do you really want to send out that tweet saying you're against this politician? Oh, okay. like I didn't see some of Miss Americana already. But even her dad, like both parents, I mean, her dad is looking at it from a business perspective, but he's also concerned about her safety and what could happen to her in a larger realm. They had just gotten through kind of a, a firestorm. And then you've got mom sitting there drinking wine with her being like, all right, Taylor, if you think this is the best thing to do, go for it. But yeah. uh, here we go. Yeah, the court of public opinion is going to last a while. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it was just so interesting to see both parents weigh in as parents more than people profiting from Taylor Corp. Right. And again, that's, I think, why Taylor has had the longevity and the able to kind of ride through some of this that others really can't. There is one line I would like to get your opinion on. Oh boy. And I'm not just cherry picking. picking a lyric. I'm not just cherry picking. It's the first thing I looked at. <laughs> and I was like, this could be interesting. All right. So it's, it's the bridge. Yeah. Taylor loves her bridge. Oh, that she do. Uh -huh. Cause she's got some troubled water. So oh, she's laying stop it down. It's getting a little garfunkly. Nope. Okay. Even in my worst lies, uh -huh. you saw the truth of me. Uh-huh. And I woke up just in time. Now I wake up by your side. Mm -hmm. You are my lifeline. Like, even in my worst lies, you saw the truth of me. Uh-huh. Do we think this is those moments of she's lying to herself? Is it the, the lie of what she portrays? Is it the lie of this is how I, the media sees me? I think all of the above. Okay. I really do. I think this song is very much her being like, I'm not even sure who this person was anymore that I was being. I don't I didn't know who I was. I was lying to myself. I was lying to people. You still saw me. You saw the real me. And now look at us. Yeah, I think it was just for her almost from what I know. I don't know. I could be wrong. But from what I know, I think this might be the first person that saw Taylor as a human, not Taylor Swift. Right. And again, like with what we're seeing about Jake Gyllenhaal this week, he was like, well, it was very overwhelming to be dating Taylor Swift. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Duh, Jake, you came from a Hollywood family. You know what this is. I'm just like a really go easygoing, down-to-earth guy. Like, and like, I don't understand. And I get it. You've got a movie out, but whining about dating Taylor Swift. Come on. It's water under the bridge. <laughs> oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but no i think this was again i think this is such an interesting take through where her mental psyche like she was going through the worst time of her life she met this new person and she met him at her lowest this is the worst taylor like she didn't know who she was she didn't know if anybody wanted her anymore she didn't know if she had a career anymore yeah. everything she'd worked for her she entire meets life him 
literally on a pedestal. She's the she, Taylor Swift action figure, new for this season. She's at the she's on the runway and everything. She's at the Met Gala, yeah. and then yeah, this is the most uh, plastic. Yeah, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then she falls and she falls hard, and he's there, and he stays. He catches her, he and puts her back on her feet, and he holds her hand. Yeah, as she. And she keeps, she's so protective about this relationship. She keeps it so private. And people question it and people are throwing rumors out. I mean, on there's sides of TikTok completely dedicated to whether or not Taylor had a relationship with Carly Claus and they make cases for that. I mean, it's just so crazy how invested people are. Obviously, look at what we do, but and how they make their own narratives and pigeonhole lyrics in to make their story fit for what they think is Taylor. And they can't even imagine what it must be like to open TikTok and have people speculating about your relationship with your best friend. Well, I mean, you, you had just hit it on the head before you, someone who saw them not as Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. but as a person that's a celebrity hood. And we idolize all these people. Like you, you can't remove that yeah. vision of oh uh, do say my favorite line from the movie do like oh yeah. you, it's it's crazy because even though you can be like yeah this is a person it's like but it's it's person plus it's so much above it it's daunting and like I, I know that we're talking about Taylor but like again like it was because I'm not the super fan or whatever but like yeah it's not I don't have the idolization of her right. But it's funny to me that we talk about her, but I don't feel like we're really talking about a person. It feels to me that we talk about Taylor like a business. I mean, because that's what she, what in our world she is. Mm -hmm. And so for her to pull back, have a relationship outside of the public eye, to not really share it, to really keep that to herself, that's something so personal for her. And I feel like she's pulling back a bit of her humanity. She's like, wait a minute, this isn't all for public consumption. You can have your opinions, but you don't get to see everything. You aren't in my everyday. I'm not posting pictures of us on a snowmobiling trip. Mm -hmm. Like this yeah. is this is her this Batman is moment. Her this is her Batman moment. You're gonna have she, to explain that to so, me. So uh, her best friend Zoe Kravitz was just in the, the Batman movie. Yeah, but you have Bruce Wayne, aka Taylor Swift. Always in the news, always, ooh, millionaire, ooh, party, ooh, gets a little tipsy. This is her being Batman and being like this, I'm Taylor Swift and I'm reclaiming my humanity one night at a time. Yeah, this is her breaking out of just being the, in, she's breaking out of the box. She's not the collector's item anymore and she's going to be this way forever. It, it's, no, I'm going to be me. This is her Batman moment. She's going to okay. take back a little bit of herself. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And I mean, Batman is Batman, and Batman wears a giant bat on his chest, so everyone knows it's Batman. In case the bat ears and the cape didn't give it away, and right. the yeah. bat mobile. Yeah. I mean, Batman's a little more public than Private yeah. Taylor, but still, she made a couple documentaries. But, and, yeah. And I mean, Bruce Wayne is the person that the media is always looking at, mm -hmm. and the Batman is the thing people start talking about. It's something yeah. that you can't really, it's not really newsworthy yet. It's not really, you know, the, it's the legend as opposed to the breaking news. Right. It's like how they're all talking about whether or not she's engaged, but nobody really wants to speculate too much because 
Right. Is and, it really any of our business? Yeah. And the Batman moment, as opposed to the, the, the Bruce Wayne moment is, ooh, who's she saying today? The Batman moment is, wow, this person's like, is she in like the healthiest relationship she's ever been in? And is this like good for both of them? And like, how, how has she evolved because of this moment? Like those, these are the Batman moments, the stuff that you can only like, maybe like glean. You can't, you're never going to know. It's never going to be photographed. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. She knows how to avoid the paparazzi now. She knows how to find them. Like every celebrity knows She'll pack herself up in a trunk and get out of there. <laughs> that was this era. But I think it's just so fascinating to see just the evolution of Taylor. And I think the reason reputation is so, it resonates with so many long-term Taylor fans is because we all grew up with her. And so we're all kind of like, yeah, like who I thought I was in my 20s and this like persona crashed. And now that I'm like in my late 20s, early 30s, I'm trying to figure out who I really am. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we all go along with the ride for the ride, mm-hmm. Taylor. And on that note, let's see where our ride takes us next. Let's see where our ride takes us. I have the Taylor Swift TM dice. No, let's stop. I'm going to stop product no. placing the woman right now. I got the dice ready. We're going to look up some albums. We're going to figure out which song we're doing. Ah, two. Oh, fearless. Don't fear the fearless. Five. Uh-oh. We're going to do White Horse. <laughs> Remember that face we had when we heard we're doing Dress on episode 30? That times 30 is how I feel about White Horse. White Horse? White Horse. But before we get into White Horse, I did forget to ask. Dress. Bop? I feel like Jason has a little Taylor fatigue right now. Um, for me, it's, you know, somewhere in the middle. All right. Let's progress. I'll give it an eight. I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. Wow. All right. I thought you'd like this song. Glad de- to know I was right. Twice today I've been right. <sighs> I'm Kate. Here's what happens. I say something. Sam gets very uh, emotional about it right away because he's very black and white. And whenever I bring that up, he's like, <laughs> I'm not black and white. I'm gray. And then I just wait and I wait and I wait. And then he will come forward months, weeks, an hour, and he'll say, you know, Kate, you were right about that thing now that he's calmed down and he's trying to be rational and he realizes, oh, Kate's always right. It's just time that's the problem because she can't be right right now. You can't be right right now, Sam. You have to wait until I'm ready. But I'm Thanks, Dad. <laughs> but I'm always right. Just not right now. <laughs> Listen, okay. All right. I uh, am pleased with today. Yeah, we didn't get into a fight today. We didn't get into a fight yet. Yeah. Yo, you're right. We didn't get into a fight. My friend Abigail called me and she was like, I like when you guys fight. I like it. I do too. I do too. Yeah. I don't think Dad does. Nope. You got a head shake. We're in a nice place. We don't want to break everything. <laughs> Let's not break the things, including our friendships. Oh, we're fine. We're fine. We're going to be golden. Oh, yeah. We like a have... golden tattoo. <laughs> I didn't even get into that. Oh, okay. We can't. We can't. We, we can't. We gotta wrap. It's too late, it's Sam. It's too late, Sam. But I want to talk Taylor more. It's too late, Sam. Well, you know, we are going to lunch. That's true. We can discuss Taylor at lunch. We can over some margaritas. Mm. 
All right. So we're going to talk White Horse. White Horse. Off of Fearless. Off of Fearless. On episode 31. Baby Taylor. Ba- mm. Baby Romantic Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is just made for you to love this song. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you have not already, like, follow, subscribe. Thank you to the 17 of you who have rated us five stars on Apple Music. We're so excited. Very um, excited. Keep following us. We have been posting a little bit on the socials. Let's make one today. Well, if you returned my text. I was at work. Uh-huh. The last one. Uh-huh. But the one before that, I was <laughs> not at work. I know. Anyway, <laughs> here's our fight for you, Abigail. <laughs> this is the thing, everybody. And I don't care if this gets cut out or what, but I just need to say this into my microphone and feel like people are hearing this. Kate knows just 20% more of everything at all times than I do because <laughs> everyone runs to Kate first and tells her something. <laughs> my buddy Peter, who moved up to North Carolina, is like, wow, Sam's like the mayor of Portsmouth. Like, everyone knows him and he knows everything. And like, da da da. And it's like, yeah, have you met Kate? <laughs> Mayor, princess, but princess is the highest thing you can be in Portsmouth. <laughs> She'll always get something just before I do, and it's been weeks that I've known about, like that I haven't known about this. Weeks on this information, and it's not infuriating as much as it is crippling in my brain oh. that I'm never gonna be as cool as Kate. <laughs> Factually inaccurate. <laughs> Actually inaccurate. Anyway, I'm Sam Not So Swift. <laughs> I'm the princess of Portsmouth, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not true either. <laughs> but we are the Swift Talk, and we will be back next week with White Horse. Thanks for listening to the 30 episodes that got us here. We are so thankful and grateful for all almost 5,000 of you. Crazy. We'll be back next week. Thanks again. <laughs>